Welcome to Episode 7 of Empower Audiology with Dr. Carrie Spangler. Welcome to Empower Audiology Podcast. My name is Dr. Carrie Spangler and I am your host. I am a passionate audiologist with a lifelong journey of living with hearing challenges in this vibrant hearing world. Thank you for listening, and I hope you will subscribe, invite others to listen, and leave me a positive review. Welcome to the Empower Ear Audiology Podcast. My name is Dr. Carrie Spangler, and I am your host. I am a passionate audiologist with a lifelong journey of living with hearing challenges in this vibrant hearing world. Thank you for listening, and I hope you will subscribe, invite others to listen, and leave me a positive review. Today, I'm really excited to have two different people on the podcast today because we are going to be continuing a conversation about Camp Us, which I have a passion for working with teens who have hearing loss. And in the last episode, I talked with Dr. Gail Whitelaw, the co-coordinator of the campus program, and we talked about our passion of, of developing the program and sustaining the program. And today, I am excited because I have both a counselor and a previous camper who was going to be a counselor, but because of COVID wasn't able to uh, on the podcast today. So I am going to let each of them give a little introduction, just who they are um, and where they're at right now. And as we get through the podcast, we're going to learn a lot more about these incredible ladies. So I have Dr. Katie Colburn on this podcast, and I also have Audrey Seuss on the podcast as well. So I'm going to let Dr. Colburn introduce herself. Katie, if you want to give a little background about yourself, and then we'll let Audrey. Sure. So um, as Dr. Spangler just said, I'm Dr. Katie Colborn. Um, I recently graduated in May with my doctorate degree in audiology from the Northeast Ohio AUD Consortium. A um, little bit of a handful, but basically it's just a consortium at Akron and Cleveland Clinic. Um, and then upon graduation, I was actually hired at the Cleveland Clinic um, as the newest pediatric audiologist. So just taking the program and kind of expanding it out, using my knowledge of my own personal experience with hearing loss, as well as everything that Dr. Spangler and all of my other um, mentors have taught me. So. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on today. We're so excited to have you. And Audrey, can you tell a little bit about yourself too? Yes, of course. So as Dr. Spangler said, my name is Audrey Seuss. Um, I am a sophomore at the Ohio State University. Um, I am a psychology major, and I also have a double minor in speech and hearing sciences and disability studies. Um, I'm not quite sure what I want to do yet for my future. I somehow want to integrate all three of those subjects into a job. But um, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, through different resources and different classes, what exactly would be best for me. And yeah, that's about me. Well, good. Yeah. So we have a, a Buckeye on the call today, too, which is exciting. So I thought we would just kind of go back a little bit and um, just kind of share um, how we know each other, how we kind of met each other. So I don't know, um, Katie, do you remember how we met? Yeah, so um, 
was my second year in grad school. Um, and I was doing a rotation at the Kent Clinic. Um, and they told me that I would actually be working with an educational audiologist that day, um, helping with some APD screens or auditory processing disorder um, evaluation. And uh, they said, you know, you might like this one because she actually has hearing loss too. And I was like, yes, finally, somebody else that has kind of like been through my journey and can kind of help guide me with like everything else that I have going on. So it was a very distinct memory. And I completely remember meeting you that day because as soon as you told me that you had hearing loss, I think we were in the developing stages of planning our campus for that year. Mm -hmm. And I had only known you for maybe an hour. And I was like, she would be a perfect counselor for a campus. And you um, jumped on board. So it was really exciting. And you had a lot of other things going on too, but we, we don't have to talk about all that. But um, you you were starting a family, you were going to school, you had lots of um, lots of excitement going on that year. Sure. <laughs> and then Audrey, how did so we meet? I was really young when I met you. I believe I was in like third or fourth grade when you performed a functional listening evaluation for me um, because you were my educational audiologist and worked hand in hand with my intervention specialist, Mrs. Picaccio, um, who you still work with very closely to this day. Um, but I really got to know you because um, of your HIT-IT program, which stands for Hearing Impaired Teens Interacting mm-hmm. Together. And I started going around, I think, high school. Um, and I really got to know you very well because you were such an important part of that program and you made me really learn a lot about advocacy and talking with other people that also had a hearing loss and ever since then we've just been super close yeah yeah and I was so glad that you joined us for the hit it program because you were such an incredible mentor uh, for all the middle school kids and all the new uh, people who decided to come or students that decided to come. So it kind of goes hand in hand with the campus program as well. Um, But before we get too far into the campus program, uh, do do you guys want to share just a little bit about your own hearing journey and kind of, you know, when you were diagnosed and what kind of technology you use right now? So um, Katie, you want to start? Sure. Um, So it's kind of a complicated story with me. I grew up with big D deaf grandparents um, who sign only and they don't use any amplification. Um, So I learned how to sign from a very, very early age. Um, Actually, before I started speaking, I was signing. Um, And then when I was probably in about third grade, my youngest sister was diagnosed with hearing loss um, and got hearing aids as well. Um, And then I failed a school screening in high school. It was my freshman year. Um, And they decided to send me to her audiologist. They didn't believe it at first the numerous audiograms on me um, and figured out that I actually have something called EVA or enlarged vestibular aqueduct, which is the same thing my sister has, um, which believe it or not is, is not hereditary for my grandparents. Um, so after that, um, they fit me with my first pair of hearing aids. Um, I was a little reluctant to wear them. Uh, didn't start consistently wearing them until grad school um, when I got a new pair and could stream to my iPhone because what team doesn't want to do that? Um, and then, you know, just from there, I started wearing um, two hearing aids, um, Otacomp opens right now. So it's been a pretty crazy journey, but I wouldn't trade it. 
Oh, good. Yeah. And you add so much to the campus experience because not a lot of teenagers really want to wear their hearing aids or their <laughs> amplification. So to have to start your journey it, during that time of adolescence when you're going through so many changes and you want to fit in and there's lots of things going on um, just adds another perspective to the campus experience. So um, Audrey, you want to talk a little bit about your uh, hearing of journey? So um, I was born with normal hearing, we think. Um, and at about age three, I got two hearing aids. Um, I was diagnosed with a bilateral sensory neural moderate hearing loss, mild to moderate. And then over the years, I progressively lost it um, and eventually um I became profoundly deaf in both ears. Um, and then when I was 10, almost 11, I received a cochlear implant on my right side. Um, and that's currently what I'm wearing right now. And then in my left ear, I still have a little bit of hearing left, but I don't wear any assistive technology with that. And I'm doing really well. I love my cochlear implant. And you were such an inspiration for me when I went through my whole cochlear implant process last year. And I know I met with you and your mom and you still remembered it because you were a little bit older when you went through that process. So you were able to kind of share with me your journey through that, which is really important, which kind of gets me to my next question is, I know, Katie, you have a sister and you have grandparents who have hearing loss, but did you ever know anyone else outside of your family that had hearing challenges? I did not, not until actually I went to campus um, and started to meet some of the other counselors that were in the AUD AUD programs with me. Um, And it, it kind of made me realize and kind of helped me understand the importance of not only wearing my devices, but knowing interacting with those around me that have a similar hearing loss. Yeah. And to think about, I guess, you know, your choice of going into audiology is I, I'm just going to kind of go off a side question there. Uh, being reluctant to wear your hearing aid through high school when you were first diagnosed and then not knowing anybody outside of your family, how did it kind of steer you into audiology? And I think you're such a strong advocate now for kids and teens. But if you look at your history, you probably wouldn't think that. Yeah, yeah. So I actually first started to think about audiology because like watching my sister, my sister was diagnosed late, um, later than usual. and just like seeing how hard it was for her to catch up to her typically developing peers or typically hearing peers really made me realize how much advocating and educating we need to do as audiologists um, for parents, for other professionals, you know, anybody really that interacts with kiddos on a daily basis. Um, and then after, you know, kind of watching my journey through it, it made me understand how important it is to really connect with those around you who have other hear- like other hearing disorders. Because I think had I had that, I wouldn't have been so reluctant and so shy to, to hide my devices. Yeah. And I hear that a lot from, from teenagers, too. They meet someone else and they're like, oh, I'm not the only one, right? Yeah. It's not just my grandparents that have <laughs> this going on. Because that's yeah. a lot of time just in the normal public or, you know, the mainstream world really associates 
hearing loss with getting old. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we don't really associate hearing loss with the younger population and it does impact the younger population. Mm-hmm. So Audrey, did you know anyone outside of yourself? Uh, and when was the first time you met someone else with yeah, hearing so loss? I actually was really young when I first met somebody that had a hearing loss. Um, I mentioned before my intervention specialist, Mrs. Picaccio, um, she works for um everybody in my school district that has a hearing loss. So naturally, whenever she had a new person with a hearing loss, I met them as well. Um, There was a guy in first grade class that had a hearing loss. Um, He eventually moved out. But then um, one of my best friends, his name is Leah Mesmer. um, I met her when I was in sixth grade. And we have been best friends ever since. Um, I still keep in touch with her a lot. And then I believe she works with like 15 other students that also have a hearing loss. So we're kind of like a really tight knit community. Um, And if we're in the same school, we try to have a similar like time period where we can sit down, we can learn about um, advocacy skills, we can learn about um, hearing loss in history, we can learn about um, different strategies that we can promote in our school, problems arise, and it was a really, really enriching experience. And I'm also very lucky to have other like, you know, hit it and campus to also kind of expand my community as well. Yes. And I wish every school had a Mrs. P because she is amazing in the sense that we know how important advocacy is. And we're not going to know those skills as someone or an individual with hearing loss unless somebody teaches us um, because we don't know what to ask for if we don't know but to ask for it. And so those are really important um, concepts, which kind of brings me to the campus experience and why I had said in the first um, episode with Dr. Whitelaw, just really what campus was about. And um, similar to both of you, I went through mainstream type school and didn't really know um, that many people with hearing loss and didn't have the opportunity to learn about advocacy in my high school and honestly through college either. And I was missing that so much, which really personally gave me the idea of the campus experience. And that's when I said, Dr. Whitelaw, you need to come and help me with this. We'd be a great team. And and that's kind of how we got started with, with the campus experience. But we wanted an opportunity for teens throughout Ohio and beyond to be able to network and um, have a positive transition experience. So I thought, you know, we would talk a little bit about the roles of, of the different people involved. And uh, Katie, you were a counselor for a couple of years. And um, so can you just talk about how you got involved with campus and what your role was and, and how you felt like your role really helped with the campus experience? Yeah. So um I kind of got involved, like you said earlier, just by, you know, you bringing up the idea of campus and kind of explaining it to me. Um, And it just kind of started to spark all of these different, you know, ideas in my head about why I need to be doing this or, you know, how much I wish I had that as a teen. And so I wanted to help somebody else have that experience and not feel the way that I did growing up. 
Um, so, you know, as a counselor, you're just kind of there to not only educate and advocate for these students, but to show them what they can do, not what they're limited by. Um, and then, you know, just being a, a voice or, you know, a set of ears for them to just really come to and talk to because it's a hard thing to go through. Um, and it's even harder when you don't have other people around you that understand what you're going through. So, you know, like my favorite part was just when we all got together in small groups and some of the campers just started kind of explaining what they've been going through and all the emotions that they had built up and bottled up inside. Um, and they didn't, they didn't have anybody older to really talk to about it. So just being able to be there and to listen to them is all they needed. So. So just a follow-up question, Katie, you had said that you had not really met anyone outside of your family until the campus experience, and you Mm -hmm. met some counselors, and some of them happened to be other AUD students who also had hearing loss. So from that perspective, as having those mentors of other counselors, how did you feel about that, and what did that bring to you overall? Yeah, so I just it's such a small community to have other, you know, audiologists in general who have a hearing loss that we kind of, we have to stick together and we have to help each other through it. So, you know, just having those other connections right off the bat where, you know, I'm struggling in a class, I can reach out to Peyton or, you know, John, just ask him like, Hey, how did you get through this class? What devices did you use? What did you do differently? What am I missing? Um, what kind of resources do you have available at your school that I could look into getting for myself? So, Yeah, and I think that was one of the gifts for me as being kind of in charge of the student or the teen track and the counselors was, and it was almost a byproduct of campus. Like I didn't realize that, you know, we, we wanted to get all these teens together who had not met anyone, but there was all of you as counselors, as young adults, 20-something-year-olds who hadn't met anybody either, and kind of almost like this trickle-down effect that really was amazing, another component of campus that is just, you know, was fulfilling for me as one of the co-coordinators, too. So, Audrey, as a camper, what, what do you feel like was positive for you and what do you feel like really um, you left campus at you know knowing or learning or connecting with? So um, I was a camper for two years. Um, I wish I could have gone before because I knew it existed longer but I couldn't do the other conflicts. But, um, just in going to campus in the two years I have learned and met so many positive people. Um, it's really cool because You look at it as, you know, the counselors are helping the campers, but it's also like the campers are helping the counselors, as Katie said. Um, Just talking about experiences and opening up to other people. It's very rare for me to do that because I feel like not a lot of people understand, you know, what other people are going through unless you're going through it too. So it was really cool to see how other people are also going through similar struggles. And um, you're not alone in the process, even though every person's hearing loss journey is different. We all have that those same core feelings and those same core experiences that it was really cool to just kind of break down and talk about. And we always have like a guest speaker that comes. That's like somebody that is just a really positive influencer and made like such a big impact in the hearing loss community. And I always enjoy listening to like the different speakers every year. 
and it's always cool to see like the growth because usually it's like the same people returning back every year so it's really cool to see like the growth that every person has exhibited in like the past couple of years and like their careers and education yeah I always like the keynotes too we and I explained it in our first episode that we try to get celebrities in the hearing loss world to come talk about their journey and we've had a comedian and a you know miss san antonio and miss pennsylvania and just different people who had done different things um and been successful and they had not let hearing loss really define who they are just kind of expand who they are but audrey i i guess i want to go back to a question for you i always get from either sometimes parents and sometimes teens like I don't need to come to something like this. Like, I feel like I'm fine. Like I, you know, and I think about you, like you were a cheerleader at Hudson. You were involved in lots of different clubs and people might look at you and be like, you know, you're fine. Like, why do you need something like this? So what can we share with others, whether it's parents or teens about campus and, and why they might want to give up 24 to 36 hours of their life to have this experience from the outside in it looks like sometimes a person is doing amazing um and while i don't let my hearing loss define me there are you know bad days that i have where i'm really struggling there are great days where i'm thriving and you know i'm the kind of person that doesn't really let that be known to other people so I feel like, you know, you're your own judge of character, your own judge of, hey, maybe like this can something this can be something that can really help me. Um and it's it's never a bad thing to go to campus. I mean, I always learn something new. You may think that, oh, you know, I did this last year or I'm fine, but there's always something that will surprise you. There's always new people that you're gonna meet and in the future, especially um going to college or you're going into like a career it's good to have connections to people that haven't experienced it before you and while you may not think that you're going to have problems in the future you might and you may want to connect with those people that have similar experiences as you yeah katie do you want to add anything to that because i know you have a sister that also attended campus and i think she might have needed a little arm twisting from her (laughs) older sister who was a counselor (laughs) you have anything to share about that yeah so with Mackenzie I mean Mackenzie is like you said in a mainstream classroom I mean she knows other um, other students with hearing loss she interacts with them on a day-to-day basis Um, but I think you know her just being there she's a very shy person Um, but her I think coming with me and just being able to interact with other people and it's a safe space so she doesn't have to feel like she's pressured to do anything Um, it's a time for her to be able to open up on her own to talk, um, but also to learn about a lot of the advocacy things that are missing in, you know, mainstream schools where they don't have somebody dedicated to teach them that. I think it's very important along with parents, because even though my mom had two with hearing loss that were at completely different ages, she really learned a lot about how to advocate for your student, about how to let them advocate for themselves and what kind of you know, resources are available because when I went to college, I mean, there was nobody to tell me like, oh, you can get closed caption, you can have a note taker, you can, you know, have priority seating, all those kinds of things, an FM system, you know, for your hearing aids. There was nobody really to to teach her what to have me even ask for. So I think, you know, just her being there and meeting other parents 
Um, and it kind of also let my mom create a support group for herself because, you know, it's not just about us. It's about the family as a whole, um, which is really why pediatric audiology spoke to me is because I can create this family centered approach um, and, you know, allow the parents to feel supported and not feel like it was their fault or they did something wrong or they're completely lost and they don't know what to do for their kid. Um, I think it just kind of brings the family together and allows the parents to feel more supported and more confident, which then allows the students to feel more, more supported and empowered. So. Yeah. And that is just another, I think, integral part of the campus experience is where (laughs) we do have a parent professional track that aligns you know, parallel with the teen track and having the parents come and being able to network with other parents. I feel we have a lot of supports for our itty bitties, for our toddlers and infants uh, for support groups. And then all of a sudden, as a parent, you're like, we have to let go. And we don't know how to support our transitioning teenager to the real world. And what should I be thinking about? And just different things like safety and and communication and living on your own and all of those things that the parents really learn a lot about, I think, Mm -hmm. in that process. So one thing, Audrey, I wanted to go back to you and ask you, you mentioned, uh, uh, well, I guess, let me step back. Katie, you kind of mentioned that you didn't know about asking for captioning and asking for some of these services from when to go to college. Mm-hmm. Audrey, do you feel like by attending campus, you felt more prepared for your freshman and sophomore year at the Ohio State University and, and why? Yes, definitely. Um, I did learn through my intervention specialist, like growing up middle school, high school, that those services were offered at various colleges. But because I always wanted to go to the Ohio State University, it was really cool to go to campus and see like, people like you and people that were counselors that were already AUD students in a graduate program that had been through undergrad at OSU. And they, I actually personally asked them as well as you covered it in the program, but I really got to ask like specifically like what they did and what services helped them and maybe what they went through that that they would have changed and for me to avoid. So I felt a lot more prepared and my experience here with accommodations has been amazing. Mm -hmm. So I guess, um, do you guys have any highlights of of campus that you want to just share with everyone who's listening today that might enlighten them or might even encourage them as if they're a professional to start their own type of a program? So I think um, just highlights is, is the core of why you created campus and why you and Dr. Whitelaw continue to do it is just the support. Um, the resources available are like none other. Um, so, you know, as a professional now actually practicing audiology, that's something that I always want to offer my families, you know, like you said, there's a lot for these younger kiddos, but when you get to those teen years, it's hard enough, let alone having a hearing loss on top of it. Um, so just, you know, being able to offer that kid these resources and so you don't have to be afraid of your devices. You don't have to hide your devices. Um, you know, these devices are here to help you and, and not to limit you, but to push you even further to connect with people that you never would have connected with before. Um, so, you know, 
I think professionals really need to look at it as a whole and even attend because there's so many things that they could learn. You know, there's not only audiologists there to ask questions to, but there's parents to get their perspective. There's teens that need to speak up. Um, we have the, the counselor panel where they can ask, you know, any number of questions. So along with the keynote, I think that it's really important for professionals to understand the audiology side of it, not to just treat the kid in a classroom and not worry about what goes on at home or social life or sports or anything like that. Yeah, you do get such a different perspective. And I, I'm always amazed that it's a 24 to 30 hour period of time. And the connection that are so strong that are made by just bringing people together. And it, I feel like the lifelong connection for a lot of these teens and, and counselors too, that they've kept in contact with as well. So Audrey, do you have a highlight? Yeah, so I remember we always had like one staple activity that we did. And I think um, the last campus that I attended, we made like these bracelets where we had like one word on them. And I actually still have my bracelet. Are you wearing it? That's so funny. I'm not wearing mine right now, but um, I wear it like every week. And um, whenever I'm like doing homework, I always look at it because it's on my right hand. And I look at it and mine says the word believe on it because it's a reminder for me to like believe in myself and just to go back to the person that I am. Know that like my disability doesn't define me, doesn't limit me, just to believe in myself and I can do it when I'm not feeling confident or I'm having a bad day. So um, it's like those little moments that campus brings. It, I mean, it has given me, you know, that way it has given me like positive memories and it's, it has still reminded me of positive memories like two years later. And um, I definitely think like Katie said, like it's a holistic thing. Um, not many people have a team behind them. Like I did, I had like an educational audiologist, an intervention specialist. I had like a whole hearing loss community. I was so grateful to have. But you have to think of the people that most likely don't have that. And if you're bringing this program to those people that don't have it, you could be changing their life in your future for like the better. Yeah. All right. So anyways, um, thank you for both sharing those highlights of, of your own campus experiences too, because I think that's important for other people to hear and knowing, hey, I want to start a program or I want to offer this to someone would be, and I think motivation by hearing both of your stories from the counselor perspective and having everybody who is in the shoes to the team perspective of being able to go through a, a lot of these activities and to be socially connected is important as well. So um, again, as we wrap up, I just wanna say thank you to both of you for being on this podcast today and being able to share your story and your journey. And I really appreciate it so much. So thank you both for, for being on today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. All right. Have a great week. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.